0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Upright Citizens featuring Mr. Bob Dubu. He's on the other line there in St. Louis and Mr. Ruben Rogers here. That's me. I don't know why I put, put my mister there, but <laughs> special, 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 special show today. Um, got a very good friend of mine, very good friend of mine, an incredible musician, entrepreneur. I don't know what other titles I can give him, but he's an open studio artist. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, courses include Art of Swing That he does with a, a, a Incredible bassist. I don't remember yes. his name But uh, <laughs> And Finding Your Beat It's it's an incredible course I like Actually I even checked it out myself mm. And learned a few things About the drums and, Great and, course And, and timekeeping you, Whatever um, He's also an author Of Jazz Brushes For the Modern Drummer And This is some funny stuff I, I had to google that That um that book and Mm. another book came up that i didn't even know this dude was putting out i'm like what the anyway we'll talk about that some but this is this is uh none other than ulysses Owens jr what's up brother what up what up what up ah wow man thanks for joining the show brother thanks for joining the show we're going to try and make it as less as possible cool, man and uh, just shoot you some questions and you share uh, some of the bass world and then maybe there's, there's there's other people listening you know people don't like listen to the bass but hopefully
1: <laughs> we're gonna get some drummers we're, in now
0: yeah yeah we we're gonna, we're gonna convert some folks we cool. convert some folks, Amen. starting with you anyway um, let's let's just jump into it let's jump into it um, I know you're a very creative musician always play very inspiring you know ways in, in the way you just translate you know what you do uh, what inspires you musically or non-musically um, and how does that translate into your music can you tell us?
2: Yeah, man, it's so funny you say that. First of all, I'm honored to be here with you and Bob, man. You know, you mm-hmm. are literally uh, my favorite cat to make music with and hang. I, I selfishly hire you, Ruben, because I just want to hang out with you. So, <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess we, got, I guess we got some music we got to play too at some point. So, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but anyway, man, uh, to, to answer your question, um, I was just teaching a student earlier. I-, I think what inspires me right now is first of all the audience, um, mm. and I didn't realize that until we didn't have an audience (laughs) that uh and you know I found myself kind of going through like a mini depression and I didn't realize how much people how much I feed off of people so I think the first thing i would just say is man i'm inspired by people's energy their spirit and also their reception of what we do as artists so that is a big thing for me not in the way that i try to play to get house but in that i think that i make music because i want it to be connected to other people so that's the first thing and then i'm also inspired by mastery um the whole reason why i moved to new york city was to play and study with lewis nash so i'm inspired by people like him and max roach and you know harlan mm. all all the greats i, I want to play music on right. an incredibly high level and then i want to play it for people so those are my two main inspirations
0: i mean that's so interesting you said about playing for house i had to think about that i mean you're one of the most honest mm. musicians that i know mm. it's not about house and and you know if you do get it it comes from you know some deep Things you did musically, not 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 for you no know, flashy stuff that you like. Oh, let me see if they will gonna get the mm. you know crowd going or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, thank you, thank mm. you for that. um uh, Another question I got you for you, then that, that was that was straight to the point. Wow, man, Thanks, you're, man. you're a business, <laughs> man. You're Jeez, man, wow. You <laughs> the <There's laughs> right? I know, right? I did right? right? <laughs> He's <laughs> ready. <laughs> I say this, I'm say that. <laughs> uh, you're master of uh, playing straight ahead. uh You know, you're steeped in the tradition, right? What elements from the tradition would you say you take in these other lanes and the modern styles that that you tend to, you know, or we all tend to have to like go down um, in this day and age, you mm-hmm. know, where there's not a lot of swing-based music mm-hmm. on this, you know, uh, or or um, a lot of odd meters mm-hmm. and or whatever, whatever. Uh, let's just let's put let's leave it there. But you know, how can you? How do we or how do you go about taking that tradition that you're steeped in Mm. and really, like, implementing it into uh, other styles of today?
2: Um, I think that, first of all, just to establish what the tradition is, I think for me, Mm -hmm. the tradition as a jazz drummer is playing the swing beat, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Mulgrew Miller, I was really fortunate to have him as a mentor for many years. And Mulgrew, man, he literally came into my life and said to me, Ulysses, um, and I know you probably had similar conversations with people like Ron, but he said, Ulysses, Mm. if you learn how to play the ride cymbal and you play it in a certain kind of way that makes the band feel good, he said, you'll never stop working. He said, your phone Mm -hmm. will never stop ringing. So I think, first of all, before I talk about what the tradition has been expanded to in my career, I think every day I still try to play the ride cymbal in a way that Mulgrew taught me about. And you know, for those that may not know, Mulgrew got a chance to play for many years with Tony Williams. He was in the band with Art Blakey. So this was a man that understood what the ride cymbal was supposed to do. So I think that's, that's first mm-hmm. what I try to do. In terms of expanding into other things, I think my goal is to just be true to whatever that mm-hmm. thing is. I mean, playing with you, Ruben, was one of the uh, first times I started playing kind of with cats that were more modern. I mean, you know, one of my first mm-hmm. records that I heard playing mm-hmm. Odd Meter was uh, Josh Redman's Beyond group right you know right. um mm-hmm. and so i i think i just try to bring that same kind of focus and that same kind of honesty because even in mm-hmm. playing that music now um you still have to have like a base you know what i mean right. you still have to yes. have like foundation. a foundation yeah. somewhere so i think mm-hmm. i just try to look at okay where i meter, what is my foundation with funk what is my foundation um mm-hmm. in the same way that i understand with jazz my foundation is is Mm. okay
0: all right straight to the point once more hello <laughs> hello
2: uh-huh.
0: well I'm, I'm give you one more cool. because i'm always wanting to notice you're, you're an incredible teacher and you're, you're very articulate and like clear in you know your message mm-hmm. you know we we did that in our course together we, we did very little uh, uh
2: you know uh,
0: i guess lead up to mm-hmm. to to doing that course very little uh i mean even talking about it, i'm trying to think did we we, we, yeah, we didn't really we it.
2: didn't really rap at all i mean like i think i think we <laughs> may have no nah, i felt like it was like on the spot though i feel like we just decided like how much stuff we were going to deal with
0: yeah a lot yeah. of it was on the spot yeah and well anyway you yeah. have a lot of you know experience in teaching and and and, and, uh, and um spreading your experience with a lot of musicians mm-hmm. What what would you say is the most frequent piece of advice or Mm. critique you tend to give students, whatever the instrument.
2: Man, you know, first of all, that's a great question, uh, Ruben. It's a really great question because I feel like, I said to myself like a few months ago, I've been teaching a lot, particularly the last like maybe three to four years. And then now with the pandemic, um, I've been teaching a lot via Zoom, like I'm sure many of you. And I've said to people in all of the lessons, which is funny, man, all the lessons that I've been teaching in the last three years, I've never gotten past like the third thing that I addressed. So I have like three things that I normally address. One is like just the hands, like making sure cats understand the rudiment. Next is the ride symbol. And then after that, it's just like putting it all together, like with, you know, the limbs, like the hi-hat on two and four and feathering the bass drum. I will tell you out of all the students I've taught all over the world, I can never get past point three. So that's the first wow. thing, because most people today, they're not listening to a lot of records. So I would say mm-hmm. in terms of your question of like, what is the, the, the piece of advice that I give the most is listen to the records. Like, I remember <laughs> when when I first started playing this music, mm-hmm. I met John Riley and he said, Ulysses, go check out Milestones. And then mm-hmm. after that, I started playing with all these older musicians and they would give me a record and I would check out a record. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I, you know, started when i got to new york and cats were like oh you want to be in people's bands we'll go check out the records to me and i don't want to be that guy like oh this generation but i have to tell you this generation is not listening to records right. and so no. the thing that i'm saying the most i feel like i keep saying they're like man i'm trying to get my ride cymbal beat together and my left hand and whatever and i'm like well have you checked out kluke have you checked out whatever?" oh no i haven't well how the heck are you gonna mm-hmm. get to mm-hmm. this thing if you're not checking out the yeah. source so i think that's the biggest thing
0: for our bass players Clue is Mr. Clark
2: sorry Kenny Clark Clark. Clark. sorry (laughs) Sorry. so yeah so I would just say I feel like nobody's listening to records and as a result of it there's a gap in the music of the tradition missing and everybody's playing and it's because we aren't referencing the records we're referencing somebody's book or we're referencing uh, somebody's Instagram page or we're referencing somebody's YouTube channel and we're not referencing the records yeah it's too Mm. much
0: yeah too too much content yeah
2: But too much content separated from the tradition, you know, Mm. because now everybody's a teacher. Right. So Mm -hmm. you got a cat who never been on a record, never had a gig, Mm -hmm. but all of a sudden they're a teacher. (laughs) And now they're they're an authority on their instrument. Uh Sorry. I'm going off on a tangent. Sorry, Ruben. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, man. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) man.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And hey, for everybody listening to checking out the podcast now, if you haven't checked out the Art of Swing, the course that has both Ruben Rogers and Ulysses Owens Jr. on it, you should check that out because it's amazing. I was just watching some of that today and Ulysses it's it's so great to have you here it's really an honor to get to talk to you thank, thank you man to hang. so thank you for being here so much man thank you man um, and there's a lot of good questions this is a bass podcast right so we were trying to like come from a little the base, the base angle over here cool. too with uh, you know what we we're trying to get out of you and talk about cool. what's going on you know between you and playing you've played with some of the greatest bass players in the world, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Ruben Rogers, of course. Oh, I put the yeah. Mr. in too, Mr. Except <laughs> <Mr. laughs> <Mr. laughs> <him>. uh, Christian <laughs> McBride. I mean, there's just so many people, you know, that you've 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 played with, like ultimate masters that mm-hmm. are you know, out there playing right now. Mm-hmm. So if if I could, let me if I could ask you like a more basic sure bass question, what are you looking for from a bass bass player that you're playing with? What kind of uh, what kind of things are like? Because obviously there's different levels of experience mm-hmm. and different styles and different mm-hmm. vibes and everything like that. But if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're looking to hire somebody, what are some things that a bass player has to do? And what are some like the intangible, like extra type of things that you notice in a, in a really special bass player?
2: So I'll, I'll say that like, when I think about Ruben Rogers, I think about Christian McBride, I think about Larry Grenadier, um, Ben Williams, um, you know Ron Carter, all the all the great bass players. I think they have one thing in common, and that is they have an incredible beat. Mm-hmm. So they have a re- and and what's interesting is they all have an incredible beat, but in a very unique way. So Ruben's mm-hmm. beat. Um, is much different, right? It's very it's, it's very grounded and it's very articulate mm-hmm. and I mean he plays beautifully in tune, but also it's it's got some some weight to it, right? You got a cat mm-hmm. like McBride who plays in the center of the beat, got a big beat as well. Um, you got a guy like Ron whose beat is a little bit different, but it's incredibly forward and again mm-hmm. very astute, you know, which I know Rubens wanna, you know, took lessons with Ron at one point. You have a guy mm-hmm. like Larry Grenadier who has a beautiful wide Beat and tone and everything's super clear. So I think all of those great bass players and many others that I could call Ben, their mm-hmm. their beat is very clear. I, I when they the minute they mm-hmm. play the first note, I know where the beat is. You know, mm-hmm. versus uh, a lot of players who, uh, and this is where y'all getting the bass stuff that I don't know about. You know, whatever it is, the way they use their finger with with you know the string. Mm-hmm they're able to cut through all of the fuzziness and get to a very clear beat. So that's the first thing. Second Uh, thing, they all play uh, really great with really great intonation. And I didn't Mm. know about intonation until I I started playing with bass players that weren't good because I was just spoiled. I was playing playing with all these kids. You know, i like hang out with Ruben for two weeks and I'm like, oh yeah, like, Ruben like he always plays in tune and I didn't realize like I don't know about that no but what I mean like I didn't know that was like a, I didn't know that was like a thing until I went and played but, with somebody else and I was like damn why is the strings not like what it sounds out of tune <laughs> but I remember, I've been playing with this cat who like tunes before like but, but, you know so anyway so I would say the beat tuning I tune way too much tuning. yeah this is my he'll, he'll stop me from he'll be like uh, w- one second one second <laughs> like that <"God damn>, Ruben <laughs> Sorry. sorry um, so so it's but, the momentum yeah, I'd be like, let's dig. Um But anyway, so I would say playing in tune. And then I think the third thing, and it sounds trivial, but is this level of relaxation and confidence. I find that Ruben, McBride, all of the great players that I love, Grenadier, Ben Street, all of them, you go down the list, Orlando LeFleming, I mean whoever, Mm -hmm. they have Marco Panacea, they all have this confidence of they're not fighting with the base, they're not at war with the base, they're also not at war with themselves. And Mm -hmm. so when you play with them, you're playing with someone who is resolved and clear about their purpose on that instrument. And so I think those Mm -hmm. are very three clear things, and then I think in in terms of like the special thing, I think when you start getting into that, it's more about connection. So I know with Ruben, the the realm of what we can play is like wide. Like we can tip, we can play Mm -hmm. an odd meter, and then Ruben also pushes me and kind of gets me out of my comfort zone. Um, Same with some Mm -hmm. of the other bass players. And I think when you get into that special category for me, it's about connectivity. And that's where like they can make me play in ways that I've never played. Even like there'll be times I'll be soloing, and Ruben listens to me while I'm soloing and he'll be like, nah, 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 keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah, keep, ah, uh, keep, don't stop, don't stop. You know, and McBride, and McBride will do the same thing. he would be like, yeah, 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 I, I hear you, I hear you. Nah, yeah, nah, right, nah, nah, right. keep going, you know, and so that thing of, they're so tapped into what you do, they make you do what you do better. So those are some mm-hmm. things for me that I look for in bass players and then it also distinguishes the great bass players from those that are uh, still aspiring to, to become.
1: Man, see? Wow. Dude. Wow. Yeah. Dude. Beautiful, beautiful answer. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> and
0: that will be another podcast. upright uh, Citizens. the mic. Drop the mic. Oh, gosh. Ah, here we go. Go ahead, Bob.
1: Oh, ahead. oh yeah. So I uh, just. I, I want to get my head around that because that was such a great answer and I'm going to listen back to everybody just Rewind the tape a little bit and listen back to that every bass player like five uh-huh. times go listen to that again But the clarity like the the clarity yeah. of the attack of the string you're looking yeah. for that. Yeah um, Yeah, um, and you're looking for intonation So everything yeah. really resonates inside of the band because that's yeah. gonna be a different that's you know when something's not sounding right in Yeah, tune. Right. but when that, you talk about you, you started off by talking about the, the beat and the yeah. wideness of, of, of particular people's beats. Can you, uh, can you talk about how you think about that from, because we, we're really thinking more or less yeah. uh, coming from the ride cymbal, or perhaps it, different playing situations, maybe different part of the drum set instrument, yeah. but in connection with the, the ride cymbal and, and the bass, like say we're talking about walking.
2: Right? Yeah.
1: What, how, how does a bass player make their beat wider? Or what? What are they? What are the things like that? That that make that quality something tangible?
2: Well, I think, and not to get too nerdy, but I, I kind of to, to have to answer that question. We have to talk about the beat, and we have to talk about the metronome, right? Okay. So okay. I have a young bass player I play with here in Jacksonville a lot. Ruben knows him, Jose, and Jose yeah. is a really talented musician. We were playing last weekend, and I and I literally looked at him, and it was the same that same thing that McBride did to me. When I played with him, and I literally said, "Jose, you're playing all the right notes. You play it. You got a good feel. I need you to just lay back." And mm-hmm. so what I meant was, when you start talking about metronomic time, there's like middle of the road, like like the you know 120 here. Then there's like where it leans, and it's a little more on top. Then there's when it's on the backside, and it's and it's on the back. You know, it's it's not dragging, but it it it, it lays back. So I would say to me, if you're going to talk about time, you have to deal with it from that perspective and beat. So I think when I think about people who have a wider beat, it's like the pendulum of where they play in the groove. So are they playing Mm -hmm. on the backside or are they splitting between the backside and the middle? Or are they playing between the the middle and the up, you know? And so I think all of those bass players that I love to play with, they're very secure in where they're playing. And it's a full beat and so Mm -hmm. there's where you play and then there's how you're attacking which deals with are we getting a full sound or are we getting like a small sound um and so i think all the bass players that i play with and that i mentioned they all have a full sound no matter what and then they're consistent with like where they're playing at in the beat so um it's it's ultimately about consistency yeah that
0: consistency you're saying having personality bring your personality out in your in your playing and being confident. Those three things seem like all in all your answers for, for our bass players out there. Uh, yeah. Remember that. Remember that. Those three things. <laughs> Confidence. <coughs> uh, what i <that> said? Like? <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no. Man, no, man, man thank you, man. you schooling us here today on, on, on Upright Citizen. We, we love it. We love it. And uh, well, let's move on to the next, the, the, our next part of our interview. We, we go into... To the vault and ask you about some albums that you've played on. Just give us a little snippet, you know, put us back in time when you, you record this record with a certain artist and give us your thoughts and your feelings on that, that partic- particular session. The first one, let's, let's go you know, with the, one of your mentors, another open studio artist, the great Christian McBride. How about doing that big band called The Good Feeling?
2: Man, so that record um, is probably the, the record that changed my life in, in a positive way in that, um, I'll, I'll tell you one line that happened in that session. I, I was mm-hmm. playing and we were, uh, I think we were playing the tune Shake and Blake. And uh, mm-hmm. I was, you know, we were doing our thing and there's like a period in that, that tune where there's like a two to four bar fill. So the first time we did the take, I played all this stuff, man, it was out. McBride <laughs> stopped the session. He said, hey, 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 you got 17 miles to feed, give us meat and potatoes. <laughs> and so I think that really changed my life Because he started teaching me that, that the reality that Listen man, you out here playing with the big band you, you don't need to be cute and be fancy like You need to be out here and like really reverence You have a lot of people that are holding on to every beat that you're playing So yeah, I think playing with him taught me um, How to really frame things in a way that's palatable for everybody And then the other thing that was cool was When you play with McBride outside of the small group Seeing him in the big band, I think I got to see what kind of bass player he was, or is rather, because he played very like fundamentally just sound. Like he didn't, he wasn't even doing all his extra stuff. It was just like, he was just just knocking it out the park, just walking the dog. So that was really great for me. So I think those are the two things I learned from uh, playing that record or recording with him on that record.
0: I mean, I mean, since we're there, so I mean, what? Well, how about the record with we the live with his Vanguard? So I guess he wasn't, he wasn't quite the
2: same basis he was. Well, you <laughs> know, on it the was, big band session. Well, I'll tell you this: <laughs> it wasn't about him not being the same person. He showed me a different side of himself. And that right, was something right. that I learned from McBride and even you, Ruben, like there are right, certain right. bass players that, have, that are like very one dimensional. Like they sort of just yeah. do one thing. And then you have other bass players like you and McBride. I think Larry Grenadier is another one. Ben Williams is another one where there's yes, so yeah. many different sides. And so right. I think McBride showed me like just to straight up down the middle, walked the dog mm-hmm. on the big band record. When we got to the Vanguard, it was, I have that too, but now I'm getting ready to show you who I am as an artist and as a band leader and how yeah, he yeah. single handedly yeah. Led that ensemble and he expanded what even Sands and I were even able to do as musicians so Mm -hmm. yeah so I think he was more artful and artistic when it was just Mm -hmm. three of us and and his thing was pushing us versus the big band it was let me hold this down and then you really heard from his pen you know all the arranging he did on that, that big band record
0: and y'all, y'all recorded oh. that record over, was it over a week, or was it just a couple nights, that that, that particular record?
2: Yeah, so the Vanguard record, what we did was we started uh, Tuesday, and then Todd uh, Whitelock came in, I think, about Thursday, I think, and he recorded everything from Thursday to Sunday, and okay. then I think the record yeah. that came out was a compilation of the best takes from those nights. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah.
0: That's, that's great, that's yeah. wonderful, let's move on, let's move on, how cool. about to another... Incredible artists you were able to work with, in another bigger group setting, I guess the the Kurt Ellen sings music with Coltrane and Hartman. tell, tell us about that.
2: Man, you know that record, I, I, I love what Kurt gave me the ability to do. But I'm sure you you have this Ruben or Bob like there are records where you feel like you're not fully formed musically, <laughs> and and I felt <laughs> like I wasn't fully formed musically on that yeah, record. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's
0: what records I've been doing. Just you know. Pandemic, you know what I mean? It's day. like, like I mean, like I feel like I served
2: the music, and I feel like Kurt had mm-hmm. he had a great set together, he had a great, you know, uh, list of arrangements. Um, mm-hmm. His concept it was incredible, but uh, yeah, I, I wish I could have had a better sound. Mm-hmm. And then you know, you get into like, man, I wish the mix was better and all yeah, that. Yeah, but but I, but I feel like real. it. What Kurt taught me was the ability to to know how to accompany him, how to play with mm-hmm. him, and to fulfill his vision musically
0: well i mean that's great oh. the things we 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 as in bob and i exchange notes before we do these podcasts, and it's 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 uncanny how both of us can come up with the same like content because when i he i've seen here so you know bob i had that on my list to to ask him about that record yeah you know for whatever you feel about that record i think it's great The ernie watts is on there you yeah. know uh, you know hop all all of y'all Man, you know, uh, won a Grammy you know. with that record too. Yeah. Right, 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 Deep. right. I mean, Carl, all all of y'all knocked it out of the pot Of course, Kurt, you know, he's masterful. So, whatever you feel about it, we love that record. Thank, Thank you, man. Thank you for that music, brother. Thank you Thank for that music. Thank and uh, to to uh, to sum it up here, uh one record that we were able to yeah. to to play on together with the great great Gregory Porter. Let's talk about that one. You know. Um, uh, Nat, what's it? was it called? Nat King Cole
2: and Me. Yeah. I mean, how, how did you feel about that record? What, what was that? Like? Shoot, man. I mean, how you feel about that record, man? <laughs> we, you know, well, I, <laughs> I, I asked that because I feel like you and I really like, uh-huh. even more than like Sands, I feel like you and I really hung together a lot. And as uh-huh. as a bassist uh-huh. and a drummer, I feel like you and I came mm-hmm. to it with the same concept. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, man. How you feel about it?
0: Uh, uh, that you know that session was kind of uh, somewhat. I was gonna say life change, maybe not life changing, but it, it really I mean I we, I know we've talked about this a little bit, but it it, it has stuck in my head over all it's been like four or five years now at least, right? I don't know how long now, but it the the whole experience was was, was so profound for me. Um and I had played I had done orchestra records and and big band some couple big band records but I guess just the way we were able to come uh, it was a really uh, big orchestra first of all it was I don't know 60 pieces or something like that Mm -hmm. and and I think for us as a rhythm section I mean they were really talking about McBride having to just just bring everyone along everyone was was really counting on us as a trio Mm -hmm. to really hold this thing together Mm -hmm. you know what I mean we don't get I mean I think a lot of trios, a lot of trios in, in those kind of recordings don't get the due that they, they deserve. You know what I mean? The, the, uh, of course, let's uh, point out, the great Vince Mendoza was, was staring the ship he was he yeah, did those arrangements. arrangements yeah he was conducting the orchestra he was he was pulling i i, I he was pulling out coattails uh it <laughs> was so 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 much attention to detail there was a couple times where um uh, where he was like he was like all right ruben uh um i need you to you, calm down on yeah. this next take <laughs> yeah. me, i was
2: like <laughs> what because yeah, I, I remember that like, like you know you know the moment that come like that comes to my mind is the track when love was king and uh-huh. Ruben, you know, Ruben's, like, very humble, very chill. But this was the one time he had to, he got a chance to have one bass solo on the whole record. <laughs> That's right, 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 right. The first take, Ruben just was like, y'all can have it. He was doing all this stuff, you know, jumping in, <laughs> in, the, in the booth. Right. And, remember, and Vince was like, great, um, let's do one more. <laughs> but the solo you played, man, was so, like... You know, it's one of my favorite moments on the record, man. Because you, yeah, yeah. you dialed it in. You know,
0: but what was funny too? He, 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 he I mean, he pulled all our coattails yeah. the whole. Yeah, record. he got on it was me. Yeah, cool. I mean, that was that was that was you know you know his job. But I do remember listening to a record that he he had uh, also arranged. With, I forget who. Maybe it was Hot House Flowers. What, what, did he do that? No, hmm. no, he didn't do that. But I was listening to that record leading up to the session for whatever reason. I think you know, and Ron. Carter on on Hot House Flowers, he's going nuts, nuts, completely nuts. Wow! He's like, my name is Ron Carter. Y'all want to know that I break Carter's record. who? What? I don't care. Anyway, he was just all over it, and not and not that I was trying to challenge channel him, but I think that also kind of came into play because I was listening to that record because I love that record away from this what, the one we was doing, but. And i remember yeah some of that came that maybe that one of those days that we were we recorded and he was like yeah yeah, yeah young buck you need to pull it back pull it back <laughs> but um in any case yeah it was a uh, that was i was such and we all to know talking about the bass and drums always hooking each, up, hooking each other up this man got me on the session so
2: <laughs> i got it. hey well, there you
0: go man well you, you, i have you, to
2: you, if i have a uh, second i want to i got to tell that story you know, oh, yeah. so Paul, okay. so Paul Gregory's manager called me and he was like, yo, like, you know, we want, we want you on this record. Um, who is the bass player that you, you love making music with? And I was like, there's only one person. And I said, and I literally said to Paul, I said, now I don't know if you're going to be able to get him. I said, cause, <laughs> I said, cause I said, cause everybody wants him and he's busy. Um, I said, and he's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but there you I go. said, but he is my favorite person to play with. Because the other thing was, I worked with Gregory a little bit, but I was nervous, like, getting ready to make a record with Gregory. So I, I selfishly wanted you in the room because I was like, Ruben's going to help me to be, like, more calm. And sure enough, right, right. you know, Ruben is Gregory Porter Session. You know Ruben like, yeah, so what we doing man? When we do another take? What's up? What's, I mean he's running the session?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's sounds I was like,
2: exactly. This is why he's here. <laughs> it's Gregory for his name on the record, but it's Rubens Rogers session. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no, I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> I anyway, but
2: anyway, <laughs> but
0: no. Yeah, thanks for that, man. Yeah, that's funny. That's fun. That's funny. No, you yeah, killed it, man.
2: It <laughs> was. It was, and it was special, man. I, I that even I have a picture uh, of where you, myself, Vince, and Kamal and Sands were like listening to the playbacks. Man, that's like you said, hearing all that yeah. orchestra, man. It was yeah, that was special.
0: The, the orchestra was so powerful. Man, that was killing, me So <laughs> powerful, <laughs> so <laughs> incredible, man. Anyway, yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks for that, brother. That uh, I had an incredible time on that record for sure. Thank Sands, you. if you ever hear this, we love you too, brother. I know, man. <laughs> Dr. Sands.
1: Such a, such a beautiful record. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. sharing those stories. That's, Thank that's you, man. really cool. I, cool. I, was, uh, I was digging through before we met today and was reading some interviews, things like that, just checking back in, and there's a great quote from you and to kind of segue into the next section of uh, what we're going to do today, <clears throat> it's a great quote from you, Ulysses, talking about Mr. Ruben Rogers. I keep putting the Mr. Oh, in front of oh. it now, too, but. Uh oh, don't do that. <laughs> only out of respect, obviously. So, but the yeah. quote is uh, I'm quoting Ulysses here now I try not to do anything without Ruben Rogers. <laughs> he is my big brother and really anchors me musically.
0: Oh, boy. And what? I, I,
1: you know, I saw that and I was just like, like lighting up. I was like, see, so there's this other like relationship, like oh, a yeah. super deep relationship. Y'all have clearly played a bunch because there's a bunch of records. You know we can hear like your own records, Falling Forward, yeah. Songs of Freedom, which they're both beautiful records. By Thank the you. way, I really dig them both. Way different, mm-hmm. you know, kind of kind of concepts. But I wanted to move into um, how you and Ruben play together or think together uh, as a bass and drum team. You know what I mean? Your sound is is such a special sound, like I can hear in your, I can hear when you're drunk. I, like, I recognize when I hear you from the Christian Mm -hmm. records, from your own records as well. Mm -hmm. The personality speaks through, just like with Ruben. I can hear, Mm -hmm. I hear Ruben, and I know Mm -hmm. that's Ruben, do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So y'all each have your own special sounds, but can you speak on perhaps how your individual sounds come together and work together and maybe elevate each other?
2: So I'll tell you this, I don't think I've ever shared this before uh, out, in, out in public, so so y'all about to get some real, like, rare footage. So, um, okay. so I'll tell you this, when I first, um, when, when I left Christian McBride's band um, as a drummer, um, I was like, where do I go from being able to play with a, a player of that magnitude, right? I was like, where do you go from being able to play with someone on that magnitude who's playing in a way every night that is so virtuosic? Mm-hmm. When I went when i went from playing with him to playing with ruben it's the same experience for me and i say that to say that like with mcbride it was a relationship where it was like he's this virtual so that was pushing me you know because i really felt like i started getting my beat together with him by the time mm-hmm. i got to ruben ruben's thing was like i'm not here to, to to develop you you already got a thing i already got a thing let's mm-hmm. now partner and so i think it was really amazing in terms of you ask like what is it that you ruben and i have i think ruben was the first person that was like yo man you ain't a little boy no more when i first met you yeah you you were figuring it out but you've now spent some time with with a cat that i respect and someone Mm -hmm. that everybody loves but what do you have to say and so i think a big part of what i love about ruben is that as much as he is a leader and he has a very big personality he's very much into like all right what 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 you gonna do man because i'm 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 here for you. So what are we gonna do together? Versus kind of being in ensembles before that kind of led me and like pulled me. Ruben was like, I ain't pulling you nowhere. We're gonna we're gonna create what our thing is together. And so I was ready for that. So it was it was the difference between someone saying here eat this and someone saying what are we gonna cook together. And so I think right. Ruben and I created a partnership, and we've created that with our beat, and we've created uh, also this elasticity. That I mean, there are times with Ruben where you know, we'll be playing really on top and then we'll flip and start playing free and then we'll go to something else. So I think with him, there's this elasticity and then he is a musical uh, virtuoso. The, the the decisions and the things that he does musically on the bass and it's why every ensemble wants him in jazz because <laughs> he because he's virtuosic and that he knows how to do exactly what the music needs to do but then he also brings everybody else up to a high level and Ruben will call you on your bullshit. And and that that is what <laughs> well, I appreciate. I mean, so those are big everything for me. you just
0: said is right back at you. I <laughs> think that's ultimately
2: how, that's that's ultimately
0: how why we work. I mean, mm. we, we keep each other honest, right? Mm. And mm. everything you just said, the sensitivity, mm. you know, that this man plays with in with in, in any context is is high 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 level, you know, mm. and it, it's it's selfless. Mm. It's self less not selfish Mm -hmm. but selfless and that's i think if there's anything that any of us could teach Mm. as you say the younger generation or the next generations to come is to find that selflessness in your playing Mm. find that and channel that as much as i can let that be something uh that that's like innate and like serves the music and serves you know anything you do let, mm. let that be a part of it and mm. the biggest part of it. Not, mm. not you know, trying to get the likes and do all this you know in the showboat and, and, and the hot legs, whatever you know. Mm. It, it it that doesn't serve the music. That doesn't serve anyone. You know.
2: So, yeah. Um, I I want to mention one other thing though, Ruben, that you made me change uh-huh. a little bit. Not you didn't tell me to change it, but um, when I started playing with Ruben, Ruben has a full touch, but as uh he he made me be more musical in my dynamics because I remember mm. going from like one experience where we were like hitting hard mm. to like he's like yo I'm I'm going to be musical here I'm I'm not about to tear my finger up for you Jack. <laughs> so I will say that when, when I started playing with him I had to learn how to adjust my dynamics more. So I again he's a very very it's, musical player, you know. Well, I mean,
0: you know, I mean yeah. I think you've heard me say this <laughs> before, but that's that's um I guess that's that's something I've always tried to do just from the bass bass chair especially just even just from volume you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. volume is like it's a big deal we're so used to I mean well, nah, I'll crank it up I need to but I, I've I've always been in so many bands where I can't hear you I can't hear you turn up turn up I'm like well you're playing too loud there if you can't mm-hmm. hear me you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Aren't we still acoustic, acoustic <laughs> instruments here? You know what I mean? And then once they once they come down, yeah. then, then I turn up. You know, but <laughs> 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 you know what right I But uh, that's that's funny, man. But yeah. the, Bob, you 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 had some some beautiful. Uh, let's let's let
2: wrap this up here. Sure. Uh, yeah. You. So the you, last you, the
0: last little bit that you see so driving there,
2: the bus, right right driving right the bus. Driving the bus. Right on,
1: right on. Thank you for <laughs> that. So you you kind of save so, save some. He <laughs> oh where you're talking about how the music can change on a dime with Ruben. With yeah. Like, y'all have this interaction. There's yeah. the support there. You're each coming from your own, you know, bringing your own thing to it. But there's also this high level of trust. Yeah. Right? You have to have this kind of like level of trust. To be able to do that and to know that you can do that right yeah and uh so there and that trust results in like playfulness and just amazing music that Mm -hmm. is has to be you know it is going to be honest with that level of trust but my question is has between the two of y'all has this level of trust always been there from the beginning or if not has it can you talk about how maybe it's developed over time
0: nah beat one
1: beat Beat one one. yeah and i think
0: i think i think uh, you know I mean, for the most part, and it goes back to what we, he just said in the beginning of the of the podcast. I mean, we 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 love we we come from the same cloth. We are cut from the same cloth. He's he's a man. He was you know grew up in the church. Uh, mm. You know we 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 love wine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we love. we love (laughs) we love the finer things in life we love you know food yeah i mean we just share a lot of the same same things we love and hate a lot of different other things too you know (laughs) we won't Mm -hmm. get into that right Mm -hmm. now so i mean i guess the camaraderie off the bandstand also has really helped us develop a certain kind of trust too i think that's something that's not you know talked about enough i mean Mm -hmm. our way in musicians and and uh just just when i hear about the older generation talking about people going by their you know their family's home for for, mm-hmm. for for a sunday dinner or or you go to town and somebody says you know your cousin's over here let's go over here and do this you know that that is a big part of the music and i think that mm-hmm. uh, i mean i could say that for all, all the musical situations that i i think uh, you know I, I i hold in high regard we have some of that camaraderie that really seeps into the music so i mean i think i mean hopefully i, I was able to speak speak uh, you
2: know yeah you, yeah. Uh, yeah i'll just yeah no you, you you summed it up i mean i think th- the other piece that uh we should talk about is i'd already been listening to Ruben rogers for many years Uh-oh. right Uh-oh. no no what i mean is you know by the time i mean my first record i think of checking Ruben out was like when i was 16 years old so mm-hmm. then by the time i meet him and i start playing with him and making music with him there's this level of respect that i already come to the table with Ruben mm. had already known a little bit about what i've been doing and he was one of the first people to hook me up um i always tell the 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 story but uh he helped me get with crisscross records and make my my mm-hmm. record with them so wow. i think what you talk you know what you're talking about bob is this mutual respect and i yeah. think that also mm-hmm. comes from ruben was aware of what i did and he was very mm-hmm. you know, always every time i saw him he always gave me a lot of love and respect mm-hmm. i already knew who he was because i've been checking him out since i was a kid so i think that you can't um you can't replace. And I will say very briefly, that is missing from a lot of bass and drum combinations. Mm -hmm. When I go into these colleges, I do a lot of teaching. I hear a lot of bickering you know he's on he's playing on top and i'm not and then what about that i'm like man do y'all even respect each other because if you respect somebody like ruben says from beat one i heard where he was he heard where i was mm -hmm. and we started meeting in the middle in the middle there was no bickering because we both respected each other as men and so for the other men and, and and women out there that are playing this instrument on the high level Man, sit down and respect them and and meet mm-hmm. in the middle. It doesn't have to be my way or, or his way. It's our way. And so I think mm-hmm. that a lot of the uh, functionality or higher level of musicianship that could be accomplished between drummers and bass players could simply just come down to mutual respect mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for people instead of it has to be my way or this way. I, I think we're lacking a lot of that and we're becoming very um petty. And how we yeah. approach the bandstand and how we approach each other. And as mm-hmm. a result of it, uh, Steve Terray told me many years ago, who you are as a person is what you will become musically. So if you're oh. petty, if you're oh, all wow. about de- you know, demanding, you're uncompromising, you're not willing to, to navigate other people's reality and what they need from you, then that's mm-hmm. pretty much what your music is going to be.
1: Wow. Wow.
2: Uh,
0: this is this is so great. You have here this folk this this quote on our notes, Bob. This is <laughs> right in line. It says, "Focus on the I to get a better we." Right? right, the I all the time practicing and being anxious of implementing that stuff. The we serve the purpose of the music. How did we sound? Right, right. I, where did you get that, Bob? Is that something from Ulysses?
1: That's that was from watching uh, Ulysses with Greg Greg Hutchison have a conversation wow. on the Open Studio, I and like uh, that, that you know and, and Greg brought that up uh, the other day when we spoke with him too, and that's something I, I always always think about focus on the mm. on the we as opposed to the mm. I you know and uh, it was mm-hmm. you know directly relatable to everything that you just said here too it's a we it's the collective and okay. bringing humanity being a good human mm. in the first place obviously mm. which I you know it. that's 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 got to be first and foremost, right yep, yep. Uh, to bring that to the music, and I thought that was beautiful uh and coming from the bass and drum situation where we're we are we are born to be uh, supportive if you don't like being supportive that's not the right job or the not the right situation for you right? Um, right but you know you would you would mention that too as far as your humanity and bringing that into the music, and I know that you have uh could you Maybe you could segue into just really quick, talking about uh, your program. Don't miss a beat, and talking about how you give back and how you think about community, um, and that's part that's part of who you are, obviously. And I know that comes out in your music, but maybe if there's some yeah. thoughts on that.
2: Man, I'm so yeah. I, I love Don't Miss a Beat. It's a 13 year old organization. Ruben has been down here. He's actually um, I'm so excited. He's coming down again in July uh, for the first time ever. Don't miss a beat. We're starting our own jazz festival. And Mm -hmm. so uh, this summer, our kids every you know they do a a performance every summer. Uh, They'll do it again this summer. But after their performance outside, we will go right into a a jazz festival, and Ruben's going to be part of that with me again. I can't do nothing without him. Um, yeah, so right, I'm, right. Saying, I'm, so I'm saving my, my next gig. So, so, <laughs> so I'm, sa- I'm saving my money now, so I can afford him um, <laughs> for the gig. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, right. but um, right. but, you know, so Don't Miss a Beat is a performing arts nonprofit organization for what I call at Hope Kids. I don't believe in the term inner city. Yeah. I don't believe in the underserved. I don't believe any of those terms because it kind of projects a negative thing onto these kids so anyway uh, we have an after school program we have a summer camp um, we also have a free after school arts program so one is after school homework assistance and then once they're done getting their homework done then they go right into an arts area and it's five days a week and we have a community arts center we provide you know snacks for the kids they have you know they have dinner there you know and it's a safe place and 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 we're raising these kids from age five to uh age 16. Uh, oh, and then, our, and, oh,
0: I didn't realize it was that. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. And we and so we I helped them. That. We helped them get into college. So it's, it's oh, a full beautiful. scale thing. But anyway, I, I will tell you, the, you know, the way well, and don't miss a is our website. But the way that that. Has changed my playing is crazy. The two things that made me a better player, one was becoming a producer, which I know Ruben also produces. Um, mm-hmm. Which that's a whole other conversation because when you start producing, you get out of the eye, you know, where you become very self-focused as a drummer, and everything mm-hmm. becomes the the objective of the larger record. And so everything Mm -hmm. you do and every decision you make musically is all about the record and not your own personal stuff. The second Mm -hmm. thing that made me better was when I became an artistic director for children, because children Mm -hmm. don't care about all the like minutia of your crap. (laughs) Like children, (laughs) they you know, they want to be loved. They want they want to eat. They want you and they they just care about being safe. And so when right. I started like going into meetings where I didn't have drumsticks and I didn't have you know a set of drums and people didn't even care about what I did as a drummer, they wanted to know who I was and as, as an advocate, I mm-hmm. bought that advocacy to the drum set. And so yes. that's why I, I feel like I have more of a uh, way of holding people together and kind of a foundation and a leadership on the drum set because that's what I'm having to evolve into as a person with the work that I well, do with Don't Miss a Beat. So anyway, that's a little little nugget of what Don't that Miss a Beat
0: that's is. and I I'm, I'm loving the way you have evolved into the person the, the artist that you are, brother. I mean, I, I, I love you with all my heart. You're definitely like my my second brother. Yeah, bro. And uh, just to you know wrap it up there's something i was saying that i discovered in the beginning of this this podcast Mm -hmm. (laughs) and actually i do remember you talking about doing some research trying to figure i think you even did have done some um some lectures maybe about Mm -hmm. this book that you that's actually coming out what next month yeah uh this your second book is is, it's your second book right in another book i don't know about
2: is it it's the second it's the second one that's being distributed (laughs) hello hello
0: Tell us uh, <laughs> just because you know this is ex- it's an extremely important topic that you that you have. I, I think it's called what the musician's career guide. Is that correct? Yeah,
2: mm. turning your okay, talent tell- into sustained success. I, I'll give you my sixty seconds or less pitch. I wrote the go. music business career entrepreneurship development book that I wish have which existed. I feel like a mm. lot of the books were, one, based on an antiquated industry that does not exist anymore. Yep. Two, uh, the books, particularly for jazz musicians, were not based on what you and I and Bob actually needed to work on. Um, there's a whole piece of relationships that that we don't talk about in business development, and then the other side of it is community outreach as well as entrepreneurial uh, uh, pursuits. I mean, I think every musician right now has to be an entrepreneur if you're going to uh, survive. So, anyway, so, this book is basically starts with me just talking about how you fall in love with music, then the mastery of that music and how you develop that mastery. At, you know, at, be it you know getting the right primary teachers all the way up to college, and then you shift in. I shift into sort of what do you need to know about the music business and the roles in the music business. Then we get into uh, all the necessary relationships in the business. And then sort of the expansion of really saying what if I want to do something else what if I want to be like you know Ruben who's Mm -hmm. a great musician but also into real estate you know Mm -hmm. what if you want to be a musician and using that knowledge as the basis to something else as opposed to these cats who are like no if you're a musician all you'll ever be and should be is just a musician and I don't believe that I think being a jazz musician is the foundation to be something that can transform the world so that's what that book is about and also you know art and survival and all that so yeah yeah, I'm excited about it man you
0: know from the great Charles Lloyd, endow your creativity. Endow yes. your creativity. Yes. Whatever wow. that means for you. And I took though, that little gem. I mean, I, I was on that path for, for years. But when he told me that about 15 years ago, that turned the wheels even more. You know what I mean? And wow. and here we are in a pandemic. <laughs> that, you know, planting those those certain, certain seas that, you know what, You know, uh, I, I don't have to sacrifice not you know doing anything i don't want to do to to survive i still love this music and uh, you know uh, i don't have to be tooting my horn to stay mm. relevant and you guys are making me relevant doing this beautiful podcast i appreciate both of you uh thanks for coming on appreciate uh, you bro and yeah yeah this is upright citizens another edition uh, bob thank you uh for all your research and everything yeah bob do for, oh, for us always. and uh and uh and we're gonna we're gonna sign out all right y'all have a good evening brothers. All Take right? care, brand. <laughs>
1: Thanks so much. Peace, for peace, y'all. Peace. Be well. Stay safe. <laughs>